0: You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network. Featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood Redefined. From Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live. Next, featuring intimate and in-depth interviews with Black Hollywood's next edition of Stars and Influencers. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood Redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood. Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live. Next,
1: what's up? It's the Rilla Show,
2: right here on Black Hollywood Live.
1: I'm your host, Megan Thomas. You can hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, and that Twitter at Meg hey, hey, guys, Scoop, like Scoop Ice Cream. <laughs> I
2: should have added on that. I should have added on Megan. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm Courtney Tezano. You guys can keep in touch with me at Tessnos on Twitter and Instagram. Welcome to our show.
1: And make sure you use the hashtag BHL next if you have any questions, if you have any comments, because we'd love to hear what you have to say. And as always, on next, we have a fantastic guest. Okay, honey, he's fine. That's all I got to say. I don't even think there's any other introduction. He's fine. Period. Give it for hell, house more you've seen him on single ladies on centric every wednesday at 10 p.m eastern what's up house
3: what's up how y'all loving love what he's doing good what? see you, what is so this, the voice you just had a, right. that's your
1: sexy voice. That's, yeah, that's your midnight voice.
3: <laughs> well how'd you get the name house anyway uh, it was just like a family, you know, friend nickname, because, you know, my name is Harold, and uh it kind of didn't fit, but I used to play sports. And so, like, all the dudes were like, yo, he's strong as a house, so he taking it to the house. I played basketball, I played football. So it was like an embracing turn for how good I was right. at sports okay. and how dominant, because I used to house dudes.
1: Ah, uh, <laughs> that's so, what it uh, is. That's
3: a little house right there. That's a little house. Then I kind of got big, but house kind of <laughs> stuck. Okay. Man. House.
1: I was like, what does that stand for? Definitely. Does anyone
3: call you Harry? You know, what there's one running? chick who's always trying to be cute. Like, that ain't funny. She's like, <laughs> I'm going to call <laughs> you <different>. Harry. <nothing. laughs> I'm like, I ain't going to call you yeah, nothing. I'm not going to call you at all. Yeah, <laughs> like, goodbye.
1: I love it. Okay, let's get into some catching. So don't call me oh, yeah, don't call don't
3: call Harry. House. don't
1: call him Harry. Don't call him. Does anyone
2: call you Harold? Like your mom?
3: My mom, they call me H, House, <laughs> Boy. Yeah, Boy. Y'all
2: <laughs> have the nicknames,
3: yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think only time they call me Harold is when they, you know, either sending me a check or coming for a check. Hey right, man, yeah. I like that
1: now. All right, so let's get into some casting news. What's up in casting? So Ice T, the legendary rapper, and his big booty wife Coco. Hey girl,
2: Hi. they
1: are going to have a, a talk show, a daytime talk show that's going to air um, August 3rd on Fox. Wow. Now, it, this is different because they're going to have some hot topics, interviews, they're going to have the banter, and if you know, they had their own reality show that showcased their life. Mm-hmm. So now they're transitioning into daytime talk. Would you watch it?
2: <clears throat> I'm going to let you go first before <laughs> I say anything. <laughs> uh,
3: I think, you know, knowing your target audience. I mean, that's the first part of television. And looking at them, you know, they mature. they obviously been around. And, you know, maturing season, you know, Model and definitely actor and artist and musician, so I mean it, it, they have a, 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 a pop a, you know a possible audience. So me personally, I probably watch it for you know episodes. I see you know everybody, so you kind of got he's one of the you know legendary influences of just hip hop and just that you know whole culture of gangster rap and just you know transitioning was one of the forefathers of transitioning from music into television and film. So you know just out of respect, I probably watch an episode or two. I mean Coco thick so. Oh. <laughs>
1: That's the main her. reason that I know, that's, it. A, that's a real reason. You <laughs> right. have a
2: nice yeah. yeah. flowery yeah. and Coco <laughs> Coco, What is that? Yeah. That'll yes. definitely get people going. I think I'll watch it the first couple episodes just to yeah. see how it goes. Right, I mean, right, right. I wasn't into the reality TV but I'd love to see how they take on the new platform. right Absolutely. Yeah. So that's August 3rd on Fox. Be sure to check them out. Support them. And also in casting
1: news,
3: oh, Rapper... And they gotta have me on there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Quick plug. If they ain't got me on there, I ain't watching it. So. But,
1: <laughs> even though Coco Thick?
3: I mean, she ain't that thing. Hey! Twenty first, Mob.
1: I love it. Okay. Also, the rapper, the game, is set to be on a reality show on VH1 to find love. The show is called She Got Game, and it's slated to air this summer. Mm. And his celebrity friends are going to be finding some
2: some ladies for him. No. No, I don't know if I'm tuning into this one. I can't. Is it like right. another For the Love of Ray J? Like, I just can't. For the love of the game. I know, but I'm saying it's similar to, like, the For the Love of Ray J. Why does everybody feel like they have to go on a uh, on a show to find love? Did you go on a TV show to find love, House?
3: It's funny because it, I was actually talking to some producers about going on, like, ten dates nationwide, and it was something similar.
2: And you um, would agree to it.
3: I mean yeah, if you're trying to find the right one, it's just, you got to think like now we live in a society where everything is so accessible because right. of you know social media. So, you know, now your wife might just be on the other end of the phone. Yeah? Uh, you know what I'm saying? You can just like, oh my god, my wife just DM me. You know right. what I'm saying? So it's just different. You don't have, have to walk to the grocery store no right, more. Right, now right. you can date, you know, chicks in Ireland and Africa, Korea and you know, and Korea. Fr- I actually I had a friend who met a girl like in the Middle Eastern. Somewhere, I don't even know how they met, but they married now and, you know, got a kid. It's like, how you fall in love with a chick and, you know. You
1: just got like um, 50,000 DMs right now. Right.
3: <laughs> DM me
1: you might be on that date with me, huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Do you, okay, so if you go on a reality show to find love, do you, like, do you honestly feel like you can find love, or is it kind of like, let me just go see what's out there. I don't really know if it's gonna be, it's Either gonna way, work Either
3: way, it's a come up, because you got chicks <laughs> signing up and participating in the whole process, and they're willing when they get there. So, as a man, it can't get any easier. Um, like, oh, yeah, oh, my yeah, gosh. They got 12, 15 lined up. Let me choose. So, oh, once you goodness. psychologically put yourself in position to be chosen, and go through this process with other women, it makes the, you know, obviously. Whether it's a male or female, look good. So from that perspective it's good. And then too, either way it go, it's still a trigger for the right person because some woman or some man who depending on whatever the sex is or gender, is gonna go, you know what, I like those qualities about him and then it's gonna open the door. So it's still an opportunity.
1: Look at you. You figured it all out, huh? He did, he did. I read books. Ah right.
3: I read audio books.
1: So yes, that's <laughs> look at you, it. smart man, smart man. Oh it, my but. god! So make sure you find a, you watch a uh, houses dating show, whatever nah. it comes right. <laughs> <on>. You <laughs> might be a participant. Hit, hit him up might on it be Twitter. Might different
3: though, you know what I'm saying? Because you know I'm I'm somewhat like a, a hopeless romantic, like you know, like I'm that dude. I'm more of a homebody. That's why I rarely do you know interviews and a lot of social media i'd rather be at home with my family and friends over barbecuing, playing taboo doing karaoke right, you know what right. i mean like, so, i don't do this for the for, for the fame i do it cuz i love it and you know sometimes that's my biggest conflict with even this industry cuz you know i don't like being all out like that mm-hmm.
2: so you know? what would be the perfect setting to find the one if you could set that up
3: i don't think it is but i think it happens when it happens the most valuable thing you have in life is time so it's, if you put yourself in a position to always be in a position for opportunity to present itself then you give that time or that position, that situation, opportunity to, you know, prosper or flourish
1: What's the worst thing a woman can do?
3: Call me Harry <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> The worst you gotta have a chill, you know what I'm saying like, you know, and be confident and for me, I love a woman with ambition like, to me, I'm one of those dudes to work. you know, even though I'm my exes, it's hard to let me go because I encourage you to be the best you. There's nothing more attractive than us coming home talking about a successful day or overcoming stuff together. Right. And, you know, they, you know it's hard for successful women to find a good man. No, it ain't. You just deal with insecure dudes. Mm, you better preach All that. All right, go Prec- End on
1: Prec- that Prec- note. That, yes. <laughs> so make sure you watch The Game's uh, new reality yeah. show for love. It's called She Got
3: Game on VH1. Game, don't beat nobody up on the show. Please. <laughs>
1: Please. I ain't fighting everybody. Shout <laughs> out out to be fighting. Jenny, man. Don't be fighting no girls on that show. Okay. What's up with the
2: new music? Okay, so the fresh beats. I've been waiting for this. I love JoJo, but it's been like nine years since she's had anything. It was a little too late. And then we had leave when she was like 13 years old. Now she's 24. Wow. It's been that long. That's crazy. So now she has a new song called Far From Heaven. It's the soulful ballad. Let's go ahead and listen to it.
3: Here we go.
2: Okay. If you listen to the whole song, she blows she's in this thing. No, she blows in, in it. That was a little snippet, but she's bringing it. I've been she, waiting she, for her to got, come back.
1: Yeah, she has an amazing, an amazing voice. Too. Yes. Yeah. So Love
2: I'm it. happy to see that. See her come back with this third album. So mm-hmm. we're waiting for a release date, but that's her first little snippet. snippet. Alright,
1: JoJo, fire from heaven. I'm ready for it.
3: Alright,
2: so let's talk about you, house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's get into you. Let's, let's get, go back to your beginning, your roots. Right. Okay, so you were raised in Detroit. Yes. D Town. Yeah, D Town. Okay, so um did you ever imagine yourself being in the entertainment industry being from Detroit?
3: I didn't. It's not one of those things that, you know, they encourage when you grow up in, the, you know, inner city. Um, It's one of those things to where it seems like a fairy tale. Like, those people who do that, they were, you know, bred for that or given or, you know, it just seemed like another world, you know. Even when as I progressed in it, I still was like, I'm not really doing this. But I'm such a competitive and, I ha- you know, competitive person. I have, like, an enormous amount of drive to be the best. So, you know... After it happened, after I acknowledged it and said this is what I want to do, then it was, you know, full steam ahead.
2: Right. And then what other careers did you have in mind since you said that wasn't really pushed in Detroit?
3: I thought I was going to go pro in basketball. Okay. Um, You know, basketball is my first love, my first passion. You know, it got me in the position that I was in. Um, It got me out of a lot of trouble. So, you know, initially um, I thought I was going to be in the NBA or something like that.
2: Okay, so college basketball or Mm -hmm. basketball in general what made you what did you learn from playing sports that you got the chance to transfer over into acting modeling hosting
3: honestly and this is you know probably sad to say but it's the truth I learned and this was the hardest lesson you know with me having the ability that I had to play basketball and anybody who knows me knows they could say he can go um it was going to a black school Uh, HBCU Mm -hmm. I felt like limited my chance because they you got to have people in a position of power that are ready to grow and at the time I went to uh, Alabama State a couple years ago um they wasn't in that position. And I, I was a, you know, I'm a person that thinks ahead and I was thinking, well, if we have all these top black athletes start going to these HBCUs, and a lot of these schools, that's how they build their brand. You look at, you know, I watched right. the 30 for 30 on Florida. Right. Mm-hmm. Um uh and that's how they build their program because they become number one. So once you get that national att- attention, enrollment increases, right. money increases, and then the university grows. So I was thinking like, look, if all of us start going to, you know, these HBCUs, we can beat the Dukes to North Carolinas and be right. on that level. But oh, that's true. the people in power would have to be on that same level exactly. and have that same expectation for their students and athletes.
1: Why did you think Alabama State, by the way? Because
3: yeah. I, I went to Alabama and I was going like to walk University on. Like, University Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, had a, I was going to walk on there. Um, I talked to the coach and everything was set up and I got there and I felt like a nigga. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, okay, like, yeah, hey. So I hopped. I think I hopped on the Greyhound that next day to Alabama State. I went to the closest black college. <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> I mean, you know what? And I want to say this. I truth? love, I don't know what it is about Alabama. I'm from Kentucky. But I love Alabama and the schools in Alabama. Cause, because when I went to college, I went to the University of Kentucky. We would go down to Alabama for um, homecoming. Mm-hmm. Um, Alabama State plays.
3: Uh, uh, A&M.
1: A&M for what is it the Magic City City Classic Classic, like that probably was one of the best times of my life and I really was like why did I I rolled down to to Alabama though why would I roll to Alabama to party that's so sad it's
3: It's fun though it's fun though like culturally you know from a cultural standpoint you know being around and then I was so diverse I mean Alabama State is I mean, grew tremendously. They have one of the top forensic science programs in the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, they're heading into law. Um, the state has taken over the university. So, I mean, even now you go to the campuses and it's a whole other place. Um, but, I mean, I mean, just the culture of it. You know, right. it feels like, you know, one of those old school movies, like a school days or back right, in the day. And right. you can just feel that, that culture. And I think, you know, as I, you know, I think I was kind of like, you know, as I graduated, like, I got to see the last glimpse of that era. Mm. You know what I mean? Because, like, you know, the Qs tried to get me to, you know, be a Q. And they was, like, eating chicken bones. Like, Stop. Don't do Yo, they were real. <laughs> I'm
1: talking about my brothers. I'm yeah. Right. I'm, yeah. like. Yeah,
3: the Qs. And if I had joined anything, it would have been the Qs because I feel like they were, you know, the closest to my personality. Mm-hmm. See,
1: I'm a Delta.
3: Uh, yeah. See, you.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out okay, to the Delta.
3: Shout out to all the
2: frats and <laughs> yeah, sororities. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> what would somebody be shocked to hear about you from high school or from going to Alabama State University?
3: Well, what? Mm-hmm. Um, I think this shocked people.
2: You think yeah, that was
3: everybody? I was mean. I was, <laughs> I was a mean. It wasn't that the way we grew up in Detroit. You don't look at people unless mm-hmm. you're ready to get it Um You're not encouraged to be super sociable and you know outspoken. Um, you you know you just you know put your head down and do what you got to do, go where you got to go, and you know man up. And so when you have you know those people, like I had like a lot of street influences, and they mm-hmm. just did what they had to do. It wasn't like yo blah blah blah, be cute, be funny, be charming. And it was like nah, you, you know that was a cornball. Yeah, you are definitely a Detroit dude. Yeah. yeah, where
1: did you go to high school by the way?
3: Detroit Central High School. Shout out to the Trailblazers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We just had a, a little alumni game. Uh, Antonio Gates, one of my partners. Okay. You know, went to Central, you know, Dwight Smith played with Tampa Bay. So them them my you know oh. my classmates and peers. So yeah.
2: I think people rep high school way harder than college sometimes. It's like, oh, that's home.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah it is different. Because that's mm-hmm. when you grow into you in high school. Right. You know what I mean? You kind of say, you know what? Well, this is who I am. In college, you still... Then you in then college, you get to college, and I'm like, this ain't who I thought I was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Then you, you find,
2: find right out right a completely right. different person. Right. So uh, who did you look up to growing up? Like, who were your role models? God. God, that's it.
3: God, that's who I looked up to.
2: No one else? No I one? was
3: competitive. Like, I felt like if they can do it, I can do it. There was nobody... You know, if I saw him, I would, you know, like I would play basketball and I'll play basketball from eight, nine at night to eight, nine the next morning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and so and my mentality was if they're still playing in California.
1: Right. I you need to still be
3: practice. Right. If they still playing in Korea. I still need to be practicing. So when we met up and, you know, lock horns, we're going to see who the best is. So, you know, and like I said, I didn't grow up wanting to act. So it's just from a basketball standpoint. So, you know, I grew up in Detroit. So it was always, you know, Isaiah Thomas, you know, the bad boys. And, you know, it wasn't until I really, you know, as I got older, I respected Michael Jordan because, you know, Detroit people hated you know Chicago, the Indiana, the New York. And, you know, it was a sense of pride. And, you know, so, and then after I got older as a man, I respected the accomplishments.
1: Okay. Where did you? What
3: position did you play? By the way, point guard. That oh, looked right. like I should be playing, you know, DB you were, or something. No,
2: you <laughs> were like, right. you, yeah. you were play playing football, a linebacker? Or I something. Did play yeah. yeah, you played basketball, and you played football. Yeah. Okay. What did
3: you? I, I probably could have went pro in football though.
2: Okay. What position?
3: I played corner, DB, okay. receiver. I mean, I had hands because I was, you know, point guard. <laughs> not I had hands. Look
2: at you. There you go. I'm oh my not god. For my hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Y'all look crazy. <laughs> so outside of that, you really give back a lot to, like, Inner City mm-hmm. U through, like, all mm-hmm. of your philanthropy. Mm-hmm. Um, what sparked that, uh, the need to be a life coach and uh, things like that?
3: Well, for me, I was one of those kids that like, man, a, he bad. His ass bad. You <laughs> know what I mean? But I was bad with a purpose. Right. Nobody was there to guide me. So, you know, a lot of times, like, I open doors and I'm respectful. And people are like, your mom and dad must be proud. I'm like, you see him, tell him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because my dad won in my life, and me and my mom got a soul soul relationship. Um, so it was kind of it's weird because I felt like life raised me. I, I don't even mm. know how I got, you know, the manners because I should be like really, really, <laughs> really Because right. mm-hmm. my mat, my natural personality for like dominance and just you know like a little young lion. Like people say that, but yeah, I'm about that life. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, what made you become a behavioral therapist, though, for a long yeah. families?
3: Because that's what it was. No one took the time. Like, we all talk about problems. Show me a solution. Like, I've never, I've always said, like, it's easy to criticize, but what are you going to do to make a difference? And I've always been, I, I think I put this on my Instagram, my acts. I can't speak louder than my actions. Right. I can't tell you what I'm going to do more than I can show you. And that's how it's supposed to be as a man. So young dudes, let your actions speak. Like, blah, 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 blah. shut up. Yeah.
2: <gasps> okay, so is it only for young dudes that you um, mentor? I, I talk to
3: men okay. personally. I talk to women and men. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, we have a lot of, you know, beautiful, smart, educated, successful women that make a conscious effort to give back more so than the men. Right.
1: That's, you know
3: sense. what I mean? And that's one of, even with centric, you know, they emphasize... You know, black women television, television black women, but that's ostracizing and it's sexualization because now you just make it seem like you don't want male audience, which for me is backwards because viewership is what makes (laughs) the network evolve.
2: Yeah, definitely. Mm
3: -hmm. So, you know, come on, Centric.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Centric. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Okay, so how did you make the transition from becoming a behavioral therapist all the way to becoming an actor? (laughs)
3: money uh it's funny because a <laughs> high school friend of mine we had i had saw her at like lennox mall and so she's like how's i'm having to get together come through shout out to karen and uh she took a photo and she placed it on her refrigerator and mm-hmm. the talent scouts for elite models was one of her friends and she's like your boy need to come down here you know he got a good look and i was like, ain't going on no model agency and at this time then i moved to atlanta after i graduated and i saw her again she's like did you ever call i was like nah she's like "H." I had a homeboy he just made six figures at that time I was a behavior therapist I was working with kids you know I ain't paying nothing hmm. and um, she was like he made like six figures I'm like he ain't make no six figures taking
2: no a <laughs> picture I'm I'm like,
0: taking a picture <laughs> a picture right. she
3: was like hey, he had a couple campaigns and they boo that number uh-huh. And so I called and it was just like
2: what did all these noises it
3: just started popping
1: so how did you go from doing modeling into acting then
3: well like uh, casting directors like Vanessa Williams and um, I think it was a couple of music videos they shot in Atlanta Mm -hmm. and they were like you need to come to LA you kind of got it and I was like I don't know about all that you know what I'm saying and then i came and you know i tried it out came for a couple months and you know i stayed with a good friend of mine sean kerrigan who was like an older you know he's an experienced actor you know uh and so he kind of like you know i stayed with him and slept in his living room and you know and all the other stuff and he was like yo just give it a shot and i did and you know eventually it kind of got you know weird because i started working mm-hmm. so i like moved out. I was like yo dog i got enough money to get my own bed bedroom right now you know, I can't have my lady crashing on the couch. You know, she she likes to sleep naked. You know. So. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah. much. And I like for her to sleep naked. Yes, I. Yes, I do.
2: Sunny. You know,
3: and I gotta go. So I moved out, and then you know, I've always had the work ethic. You know what I mean? Coming from the Midwest, and you know, just being a blue collar type dude, it just kind of happened. Like my first. I think year or two, I probably burned out like one or two computers just self submissions. Right. Like me and my boy Nasan, we used to like walk around like five, I mean, drive around like six, seven different outfits in the car. Right. And like crash commercials, crash video, we crashed everything. Like, yo, I hear an audition over on La Brea. Oh,
2: wow. Shoot
3: address. I'll be there in two right. minutes.
2: Right.
3: <laughs> he be like, yo, I got to audition. What time are you with, man? Okay. And we would, we would like, um, we would make a system. Uh-huh. We would, you know, two, three, you know what I mean? Some of my biggest auditions are like my Bud Light commercial was huge. Uh-huh. Um, it was like doing Super Bowls, Good Money. That was his audition. You know what I mean? Then I did like stuff for, you know, uh, Sony video games and stuff like that. That was his audition. And those are like two of my favorite jobs I've ever had. Like, just to play a basketball, play on a video game. Um, and I, like I said, I was just here. Mm-hmm. You know, I had just got here. So it was like happening. I was like, oh, man, I'm doing it. You know what yeah. I mean? And so, you know, and I've had some, you know, some some great learning experiences, too, because I also had the possibility of having a show with George Clooney. Yeah. And this was right at the end of Entourage. Now, I'm just here. And I didn't even understand that you made more money, possibly, as a star of your own TV show mm-hmm. versus being in a movie because I booked a movie with Robert Englund. You know, who's Freddie Cougar? So I'm like, yeah. everybody, like, yo, dude, the movie, you blow up for movies. It's a you know, bigger audience. And so I had double booked. And so I was supposed to be uh, on set for another show. So the casting director, who just gave me like two jobs just to build my resume up before I met George Clooney. So she was like, yo, I want you to do these jobs. And she called like my old agent. And, uh, my, I told my new agent, like yo, call do the follow up, and they never did it. So I was like, you know, effort. You know, I I go with the person who riding for me, who working for me. So mm-hmm. I told the smaller agency, like book it, do it. You know what I mean? But it conflicted with the movie. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't tell my manager. So I was on set trying to hurry up, and then I had like some green screen work, and they had like a green slime suit on. So it was like, well, we can't let you go until we do the scene. I'm like, well, I gotta go. It's like, yeah. well, we can't let you. We can't release you. And I didn't know what to do. And it was like the. And I think probably one of the biggest, but you know, one of the hardest lessons I learned, but one of the best because you look at it now. HBO, George Clooney as your EP and it's the follow-up to Entourage it was the basketball version and it was about basketball and so and I, you know I screwed that up and it kind of like messed up my relationship with the casting director but you know it was a hard lesson I mean because that's the case you look at it now that was like six, seven almost seven years ago when mm-hmm. I first got here man I, mean, I would have been blew up a long time ago
1: that's not what it's about, you. Uh, yeah, this is yeah. Your George, it's I'm
3: sorry, man. Call me, man. Me. Forgive me, <laughs> uh, Wendy. Yeah, you know it was a mistake. I was young, but you know it's stuff like that that you know, and that also helped me realize that this industry isn't going anywhere. Right, yeah. right. Like so, don't be thirsty
1: exactly and in 2007 you started along Adam Carolla and the yeah. hammer yeah. what was it like to see yourself on a big screen
3: that was crazy that was my first you know major film and you know Adams was was great it was a it was one of those films that it was so focused on LA roots you know because mm-hmm. he grew up in LA and we saw Burbank in the valley and I was learning so much you know just you know history of the city of uh you know you know LA but you know more so the valley mm-hmm. Burbank you know Glendale we was all over there and it, it was crazy um and it was one of the things that sparked me. And I knew, you know, ever since that day or prior to that, I wanted to be number one in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So it was cool. It was a great learning experience. But I never really, as they say, stopped the smell of roses because I felt like all these are stepping stones for a bigger right. purpose.
1: Definitely. So then in uh, 2012, you started in your first recurring,
3: re- re- regular, yeah. Yeah, recurring uh, regular series, regular
1: role on CBS's NYC 22. This this. You had a cop. I was the po You the po-po. How was it What was, was it like a cool to be cool though You were I was a okay. cool po And it only lasted one season But what did you learn From that show
3: It was great man I started opposite I started opposite Lily Sobioski Adam mm-hmm. Goldberg Terry Kenny Stark Sands um, We had Jane Rosenthal Who's a, You know Runs Tribeca Amazing EP Robert De Niro Him and his wife um, You know um, Amazing couple Just great influences um, um kids who was our showrunner, for me, I felt like I had got drafted to the NBA because every black actor in Hollywood went out for that role. Uh-huh. Like you go to the callbacks, she's like, Yo, that's all boy, that's all boy. You know, from you know Lance to Eddie Winslow okay. to Mario, and everybody, you know, glum, right. everybody in there. You like this, oh, I ain't gonna get, they gonna get it. Oh, they gonna pick him because uh- oh, he got a Jewish girlfriend. He gonna get it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's sleeping with the producers.
0: I ain't gonna
3: get it. So you know, when I got that, I kind of felt like. And uh, we had um, um, James Mango, who was our director. And I remember him when we got to New York. He's like set up a private meeting for me and him. He's like, Yo, house. I just want you to do what you do you got this role because of who you are and what you bring to the table, your natural charisma, your energy, your personality, your charm. And he said, I'm going to tell you, like I told uh, Sylvester, how I told, uh, you know, he got the name of Brad Pitt and this and that. He's saying
1: all these
3: names. I'm like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. (laughs) And so he got the name and He's like, yo, you got it. And don't Mm -hmm. forget that you have it. He's like, there were a lot of people who came out, they good actors. They said, but you have it, and that's special. So that was like one of those things I kind of took from that meeting. It was like, yo, I got it.
2: Yeah, you have to have the it factor out yeah, here. So yeah, for sure.
3: Shout out to me for having it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that's the only one. You obviously have
1: it, because um, earlier this year you were cast in Lifetimes with This Ring, which was mm-hmm. executive produced by Gabrielle Union, Joe Scott was in it, Eve, Regina Hall. What was it like to work with such a powerful cast of black women?
3: That was probably the funnest shoot I've ever had. Um, I mean, we were at the museums together. Like, we shot, I think, my movie where I had, like, the big premiere mm-hmm. in a movie theater. I mean, in a, a museum. So we, they took us up and we saw the art. And I just remember me, Jill, and Eve, and Regina just all being captured. And it was just great to be around, like... Not just beautiful women, but intelligent, mm-hmm. classy. And all of them conducted themselves. It's one of those things to where, like, we have so much Ratchet TV. I think it would be so refreshing if right. people saw these women on an everyday basis. To right. see how, you know, from from their trailers to makeup to how they function outside of cut. Right. And it was just, just, you know, all of us in our chill clothes and just really getting to know. And, like, I made friends with, you know, all of them. You know what I mean? So, it and our, um, our director... um, was 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 great. Um it, it was just a great experience, man. And Regina Hall is by far the most talented woman I've, I've she ever worked is. with. yeah, she's by amazing. far. She's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 you her she doesn't get her just due As far as her level of talent and her humbleness and Mm -hmm. her like love for acting and how much she gives back like she called and we I talked to her like two days ago and she's like well House you gotta remember this when you're this and you're this you gotta remember this 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 and this and we just got a you know great you know relationship man and um, I talked to you know Jill you know a couple weeks back and she you know transitioned to her music thing and you know just making friends with you know those caliber people to where you know they called it to hey you good blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. and so that's what it you know means something to me
2: Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah,
3: but it was, it was a great experience. So shout out to all of Eve, Jill, Regina, and the whole cast. Jason George, who was great. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, we flew in together, and you know, when we after we had to get the chance to talk, it was so you know refreshing. Because the thing that I do when I get on set is I let them all know I respect them and what they've accomplished, mm-hmm. and so I think that immediately drops. You know mm-hmm. the the barriers off the side or egos because I'm there to learn. Right, and it was cool because like it'd be my take and like all of them be like,
1: <laughs> oh, "Look at that
3: oh, your house, you killed that dog." Oh. Appreciate it, baby. So they would sit there and you know and a lot of times in all my scene, everybody was like watching, so it was
1: cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out
3: to Deion Sanders too, man. I oh, think yeah, he's, in, he's, yeah, he's in definitely a in it. Um, Tracy, Tracy Bizarre, uh, yeah. AP. She looked up um I think one of the coolest experiences that I had, and I'm just rambling, but I saw Deion. Like, he was just <laughs> chilling. He was like, yo, my man. Yo, blah, 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 blah. And I'm looking
2: like, this nigga
3: don't know me. Why is he doing you know what, what is he doing? He was like, yo, man, you killed I'm like, oh, man, Dion Sanders fake, too? You know oh, what I'm saying? That's no. what I'm thinking. I'm like,
0: that prime time.
3: He's like, yo, you killed single ladies, and I was like, my man, Terrence. And when he said, I was like, oh,
1: he watches it. He watches it. <laughs> mm-hmm. and he got
3: the, you know, talking about episodes and this scene and that scene. How him and Tracy, even when they saw my audition tape, they was like, yo, he got it. It's something about him. He different. He moved different. His energy. And I think, and then after that, we talked. I was like being cool. I talked about life, fatherhood. Right. He extended himself. He was like, yo, I, you know, let me, let me, I almost went to my Denzel. <laughs> he was like, how do do, uh, do Denzel and Will and him reach back? And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, He's like, you're obviously up next. So, you know, in football, when we see, like, a young stud, we contact them. We tell them, right. this is how you move, this is how you do this. The, mm. I was like, no, no, it ain't happening. Yeah, like <laughs> I am like, hey, man,
1: what the fuck? That hit me up. I
3: said, play football. <laughs> like, they give back. Mm. Um. So, but that was, like, one of the cool experiences. And I got. as soon as we left, we, you know, he had to go shoot, and I had to go get ready. I was like, yo, dog. Dion watched me on single dog. he told me I, and it, I felt like I had got. It. it was like willing to award man when somebody mm-hmm. idolize and grow up are a fan of what you do so you know mm-hmm. and I've had those you know different encounters where people go yo I you know everybody love Terrence supposedly mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> It was just one of those good things, man. It was, it was, that was probably one of the, you know one of the most rewarding feelings that I had to like meet somebody. I like, met you know Jim Brown and you know a lot of people, but when somebody you know you know and he an athlete, and I'm an athlete, right. you know what I mean, in yeah. a high level, yeah, one of the best yeah. to ever do it, and come up to me like, yo, you killed that. Yeah. And I was like, yo, he's like, yeah, you killed, yeah, you killed that.
1: Like, <laughs> That's, respect. Just trying, That's respect. That right? is respect. Right. So shout out to DR. <laughs> so let's talk about you being Terrence Franks on yeah. Single Ladies, which is now on centric. It used to be on VH1. Mm-hmm. What? has the transition been like with the new cast members and being authentic
3: uh, the cast cool the transition yeah,
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah is, there, goes, is
1: there like a big difference, it's being, a huge difference what's the difference
3: money okay and you know people say it's not about money but look people this is why we we have to live right and this is what we, you know You know, I don't, I don't do it for the fame but I definitely do it for the fortune I know what the possibilities of me and my family being financially set for the rest of my life so as a man you can't say oh I don't want to do it for the money I do it for the love right. you ain't got kids <laughs> Duh, you, <laughs> right, are, you right. are you? don't get gas right, you don't right. have a car you don't have a house You. Ha- it's, it is uh, you know and, and in our business you are valued you are recognized your success by your money like you can't be a great actor making $20 like you know oh he made five his value his net worth is 20,000 he's the best actor to do it Hmm. That don't make sense. Mm-hmm. And that that's not and unfortunately that's not where we are society wise. So, you know, they kinda go hand in hand. So if you ain't making the money, you really ain't doing nothing. Mm-hmm. You working toward that. But ultimately that's the ultimate goal. You know, I'm never I'm not a materialistic person. But I want to know that I'm good, my family good, and the people I care about are good. Right. Mm-hmm. So um going back the transition was hard when we shot in Toronto versus Atlanta, which is like okay. my second home, shout out to ATL. Um and we had a whole new makeup. The mm-hmm. dynamic of the show has changed, right? And has. all those Raquel fans, mm-hmm. let me address this because yeah. I hear it all all
1: I mean, the back, time. It's like Where's Raquel. All, Where's
3: Raquel? <laughs> Listen, let me just say this: Lisa Ray left the show. Her last episode, she sent out a tweet, an IG, a message saying, "You know, thank everybody on the cast for the amazing time, the producers, and the ride." Right. And she informed the viewers, her fans, her followers, and people who are fans of the show, I won't be coming back. Mm. That's maturity. Mm-hmm. That's veteranship. So there's a way that you do it. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? To where, you know, you don't have to leave people in open when you know you're not coming back. You know, you knew that before we start shooting. Um, so I feel like by you having people that you know follow you, that's something you should tap pride and take, you know, as a, for their sake mm-hmm. of informing them. Like, yo, I'm going to have a baby. Thanks to season, season ladies for all the memories. Mm-hmm. And blah blah blah. Just the way that's class. So that, that's what I'm gonna say about that, and you know, and then to follow up that, if you're real fans of her, go to her page. You will see she's married with a baby. She's right. not about to be on single ladies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she had, and that's what. You no know, shout out to her and her husband. I wish them nothing but the best. That's what that woman, that lady, chose to do at this time. So she put her personal life and her priorities into having a family. You can't how can you be mad at that? Like Mm -hmm. that's that's every woman's dream to meet a great husband and she's living a fairy tale. Like my man Anthony takes great care of her He makes sure she's good Exposes her to different stuff And different opportunities And stuff like that That's the ultimate dream Ain't it, Especially it for is, a woman. It is. To find a man Who you know Genuinely loves you
0: yeah. And
3: wants to start a family with you And gonna do right by Who's gonna treat you like a queen And if that woman Felt like she has that Accept that Like don't be oh, Terrence and Raquel That woman has a bigger It's bigger than that mm-hmm. And she's happy So that that's what matters to me You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying Let her be happy But as far as the fans And the way she Could have done that I respect the way Lisa Ray did it. Yeah. It
1: could have been a little different. I know a lot of people are, but I, I always me, see I tweets know. every week. I see, yeah, every I week I see me. the tweets. They're like, where's, where's Raquel? Raquel? <laughs> First
3: of all, let me say this too. Y'all don't love Raquel like that. As soon as Stacey <laughs> oh. came, y'all was like, where's Stacy?" <laughs> no like <laughs> like, <laughs> <Y'all don't love laughs>
1: loyalty. Y'all not being loyal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so what's next in your career? What What have you not accomplished yet that you would like to accomplish?
3: My goal is to be number one. Until I'm number one in the box office, just know I ain't sleeping good. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I, I I I'm 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 up more than I'm asleep. Uh, sleep. And that's just my ultimate goal to be number one. Um and I, I do have work to do. You know, I don't really watch myself but sometimes I go back and critique and it's 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 crazy to say it's not now it's not all about the acting. Like now you have to do the extras. But you know, fortunately for me I'm talented enough in other areas, I'm writing um, I'm creating a lot of my own you know, content, which gives me the power to be in control because I feel as though by me traveling as much as I do and going different places, I see a lot of stuff, a desire, a need for there to be influential African American men. Mm -hmm. On camera and off camera. Um, You know, like you look at the Wills and the Denzel, they're doing their thing, but they're not, that's just not there. And they're they're more so old school. Mm -hmm. You know, they're still under that umbrella where a man don't be doing all this extra stuff. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like Denzel, like your uncle. You know, when I was shooting the hammer, he trained right before I did. We had the same uh, Terry Claiborne um, at Pound for Pound. And Mm -hmm. Matt Damon sometimes trained. Matt was at seven, Denzel was at eight, and I was at nine. And so there was time where we got in the ring, like Your house you got you got to quit jumping so much, like you. Why, you you, you 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 that is. You, <laughs> you real jump, you know, because I because I play basketball. I got in the ring, yeah. I'm jumping around, he's like you are gonna be real tired, like. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, and then we you know went to a couple fights, and we topped it up after the fight. So you know, and that was a great experience sitting around. I remember one time telling him like, yo, you know, I admire, you know, respected what he had done. As far as his career, and I, you know, if I can have a career, you know, simply like don't, don't, don't be like me. Don't be better. I'm like that's like telling Muhammad Ali you're gonna be better than him.
1: Right. But still
3: mm-hmm. respect. He's like no, nah, no, nah, i was be better, be better than. Him. I'm like alright, man, you know. But that's just the man in him. Like don't be me, be better. Yeah. And then too, you know, when you hear it so much, I knew as I progressed in my career, I knew how it felt like. You don't want to hear everybody idolized because at some point, like yo, dog, all right, man, just I'm you know, if, if it's two She's people talented. tell you it's cool, but when mm-hmm. a million, oh, I, I can just have your career. Right. So I don't want to hear that shit no more. Right. So I respected it from that perspective after people started telling me they want to be like me.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. And then <laughs> what bit. what upcoming projects can we look forward to? What do you have going on?
3: Uh like I said, I I I've really kind of put myself in a position to be in more control of my career. Mm-hmm. Um I know a lot of my peers and other actors, they sit around and they wait. You know, for projects. And I, I just don't like, as a man, waiting for people to, hey, pick me for a job. Right. Or, hey, I, I think I'm the best guy. Like, the people love me. The girls think I'm cute. I think I'd be great for this project. Um, I just <laughs> want to be in more creative control and more empowerment. And I'm a writer. And so that's a god giving talent create that your your I have. your own content. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I have, like, several projects that I'm sitting on. And I was like, you know what, Howes? You got all these projects. You got all this stuff you're sitting on, all this content that you know that I feel like people will embrace. And uh, one of them is, uh, is a, a character in a book about friends. Uh, it's kind of like Sex and the City. I shouldn't even say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's kind of like Sex and the City's uh, male version. You know, it's about mm-hmm. this writer, and I play the writer, and uh, his friendships and, you know, his, his <laughs> experiences, you know, Maneuvering through the city, being professional, having friendships and, you know, stuff like that. And I feel like it's it's kind of, you know, classy and it's sexy and, you know, stuff like that. Because, you know, even with the Kevin Hart, shout out to Kevin Hart. They put one of us in a position to the point to where we almost like, another Kevin Hart damn Kevin on this too like you know but I'm, you have to get it while you can so you know I understand you know what Kevin you have to get it while you can but you know why does it always have to be when it comes to black America it's only one of us that can be you know at the top at the time you know what I'm saying like I saw an interview with Chris Brown and he was just saying how competitive like it's good to be competitive you know musically or however but it shouldn't have to be where it's just only one of us at a time like you know that's just not you know you know, I get what he's saying you know because we grow up to be competitive against each other mm-hmm. but at, on a bigger picture you know what i'm saying and you look at all the urban influenced television and we killing, we killing, whether it's hip-hop, love and hip-hop, scandal, or how do we get away with murder. Oh, yes, you know what I'm saying? Do. Grey's Anatomy's killed for, what, yeah. 34 years now?
2: <laughs> so
3: Come on, Sean. Yeah. Come on. So yeah, shout out to Sean. You want to take your show to the next level. Hit me up. <laughs> you
1: know, right? Add some sexy to it. Um, so let's switch gears and talk about your family. You have two sons, right? Two boys. They, so I looked at your Instagram page. Oh, they are crazy. so cute the little one especially doing uh, the pledge of allegiance oh
3: my god he's something He
1: just melting Aww. my heart how old are your kids
3: uh four and eight.
1: Oh my god so what what do you feel like you have to teach them what's like one of the most important lessons you have to teach your sons
3: be a man um just be a man i, I, I one thing they always tell them is always think like about like, i said what's the thing you always do they like think <laughs> think man think i'm like you think and you use good judgment proper thought you know, a lot of common sense. I right. teach a little bit. A lot of times you put yourself in, you know, better positions than worse off positions. So, you know, for me, I just want them to be, you know, young men. I want them to love life. I want them to stay golden as long as they can. I love the fact that my sons are little boys, mm-hmm. but I also have big expectations for them. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So they know. Like my oldest one, I got him at the gym. I thought like, they about to... Uh, Peterson, me, because I snatched him up. We was playing basketball. He started whining. I had snatch him <laughs> up. Like, oh, no
2: um,
3: <laughs> you better not cry. He's
2: a you better baby. not cry.
3: Not my eight-year. He ain't no baby, no.
2: Oh, he's still yes. a little t-
3: He's
1: man.
2: a boy. He's still little So many women go. Oh, <laughs> not hey, not hey, age. hey, hey. My, my nephew is around the same age, and we do treat him the same way. I'm just saying, <laughs> he's not 25. He's not older oh, than that's that. That's the age.
3: difference between the mother and the father. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the mama Yeah. I mean, I'm a. I have a. Great maternal instinct. Like I'm probably more maternal than you know my son and mom at times. So. <laughs> what? Yeah, I do. I, I am. I, I do the cooking, and you know, you know. So you know, shout out. I, you know, my son I got a great mother. So, but um, if they follow their heart and they're the optimal person that they feel that God made them to be. I'm happy with whatever the outcome is. Mm-hmm. So I just want to, you know, I say follow your inner God, and that's in you. Right. So that, mm-hmm. that's my biggest thing. And, and making sure they're not afraid to, to be men, not afraid to make mistakes and, you know, to, you know, be gentlemen, to be respectful, to have pride. Like, that's a lost word in our community. Right. It's the, you know, that's been substituted for ratchet. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, the thing now is to be ratchet. The more ratchet, like, even on Instagram, like, some of that stuff funny, but dudes with wigs are, come on, like, just for 20 likes. Right, come on, man. Because there's a big picture. At some point, you take that wig off, and they're like, "Oh, you that gay dude, weird looking dude, or funny looking dude, or you know some other stuff." To where you kind of you know minimize. So, and that's the hard part because it's like, man, they gonna make me do it. Like I ain't gonna do it. I'm gonna have to do it for the vine because you know I ain't, cause I, I ain't gonna do it. You find yourself doing it because I'm like, I need 20 more likes. Oh. You know what I'm saying, so it's. Sad. I hope we come
2: out of that. Is there something that you
1: wouldn't do in a role? Like if somebody offered you something, you be like, "That's I draw the line. I can't do that."
3: It's gonna be hard for me to play a slave. Really? Yeah. I unless don't know.
1: it was like the like Kuta like the head slave.
3: It's still hard. Unless I'm killing somebody at the end. <laughs> Wait, <laughs>
1: so unless you I need I to got, be I, like I Django. Got, out I could play
3: Nat Turner. That's okay, why okay. I can play. So y'all want to do Nat Turner movie? Holla at me. <laughs> and grow my nappy hair out. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, You know, that's my thing, too, I'm still, like, a man's man. Yeah. So it's kind of hard, you know, for me at time to do, you know had a bitch assness it's kind of hard <laughs> at times to where most dudes like like I don't care I'll do it how much they paying i am be like yeah someone is bigger than money bro right. it is and it so that's is. my you know because I have values and standards and you know integrity for myself mm-hmm. don't look at your watch no, no. I'm about to take her watch are you her watch. watch? I am Let Let got me me road. she was making sure it was on no that's
1: right. it. Okay. it no so we have to get out of here but before we do where can all of your fans find you and your handsome self?
3: Thank you. Um, <laughs> I ain't got no fans.
2: Yes, you do. Come on now. They
3: don't love me, man.
2: They love you I ain't
3: gonna say I looked at some reality I the dude do had like five times many followers. He bought those. It's yeah. really, it's really cheap to buy. Him. I'm going to buy some. You don't so buy shout out it, when you, you see can. me with five million. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gotta You buy those. Let me tell you though. Let me tell you. Where why. can we find uh, you? Haroldhousemore.com uh, Instagram. Let me tell you though, because I lost a job. He's like, well, we looked at your Instagram, and this person had four hundred thousand followers.
2: Why those? It's a thing. It's a thing now. They put that on applications. Yeah. It
3: is, yeah. Shout out to the, the uh real IG follow buyers. <laughs> you are
2: so Where can we find you on Instagram, Twitter, and
1: Facebook?
3: Uh my Facebook is my name, Harold House Moore. My Instagram is my name, Harold House Moore. And my Twitter is whose house? W H O Z House. So yeah, follow me, man, so I ain't gotta buy none of y'all. Right.
2: <laughs> Where can we find you? You guys can stay in touch with me at Tesnos on Twitter and Instagram and I- Tune into next every week. Yes, and as also always, you can find me Megan
1: Thomas on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Meg Scoop, like scoop of ice cream. And make sure you catch our handsome guest, Mr. Harold Housemore, every Wednesday at 10 p.m. EST on Centric for Single Ladies. It's my
3: last season, so watch it.
1: Yeah, and you take your shirt off. This
3: Again? my last season, so no. That's what? Just, yeah, sit, <gasps> sit. So watch it. I'm gonna write i am I'm gonna do a, a Raquel and just disappear.
1: Uh-huh. Ah,
2: you red it. <laughs> What the- mm-hmm.